Chapter 5 of The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter 5 The Bloody Conspirators Poison Victor Juno. We shall now be necessitated to go back to Tabernacle Hall on the rainy night where the bloody conspirators were laying their first plans to destroy Victor Juno's influence with General Washington Armington and family. It will be remembered that Deacon Rob Stew, Reverend Joe Pierre, and Nancy Clover were the leaders of the sectarian ring, who had sufficient influence, cunning, and craft to wield whatever power they saw fit to exercise over the orthodox religious classes of all denominations. For it must be again remembered that although sectarian denominations seem to hate each other, nevertheless when any innovator attacks one sect, or part of a sect, or its tenets, they are all a unit to subdue and quiet the aggressor. Deacon Stew, whose blood had curdled in his veins on account of Victor Juno having gained access and a most dangerous hold upon the affections of General Armington, who already had urged his daughter to receive the attentions of this rude innovator, and as the deacon was himself convinced from what he saw with his own eyes at the bedside of Miss Lucinda Armington, when her father related what he had seen at Mr. Juno's house, called for vigorous action, therefore, proposed that one of the most trustworthy physicians belonging to the cause be apprised of the necessity to attend instantly at Tabernacle Hall to receive instructions to attend this Mr. Juno in consultation with the family physician of Mr. Juno, at the request of General Washington Armington and his amiable daughter Lucinda. The President, Rev. Joe Peer, said, "'Beloved saints, we certainly have arduous duties to perform, and they are of such a character as to cause me to tremble in my boots, unless the most zealous followers of the craft are selected to enact the work now in contemplation.' I should be happy to hear the plan of operation laid before this meeting by Deacon Stew, whilst Mr. Grumbler will be dispatched to summon either Dr. Toy Pansy or Dr. Lewis Williams to come with him instantly to this hall." Deacon Stew took the floor and said, "'It gives me much joy to be able to propose an effectual plan for the speedy and safe removal of that enemy to God's elect. I have been chosen by General Armington to select a physician for this man Juno, and if we can induce, with perfect safety, either of the physicians, whom our worthy President just sent for, to slyly administer some fatal drug to this great admirer of the heathendom, I am convinced that our task will be easy, sure, and sound. Whilst the brother physicist is in consultation with Mr. Juno's family doctor, we must evince a monstrous anxiety to restore the sick man speedily and propose that if his prayers and attentions will do anything toward saving him, nothing shall lack on his part to accomplish the work of convalescence. Moreover, the entire religious brotherhood, sisters included, should be exhorted to pray for the restoration of the worthy hero who saved the lives of General Armington and daughter. And the members shall be solicited to call upon Mr. Juno continually, and be thankful to God that this noble youth had the courage to save the beloved brother Armington and daughter, whilst, of course, they will lament his sickness that was caused by this generous act of Victor Juno. Beloved saints, it is always wise and better to pray much, long, and often in public, 
as it shuts up the eyes completely of many worldlings, and, in fact, makes some or most of our own members and other Christians more respectful to and confiding in us." Sister Nancy Clover rose and spoke as follows. The noble and indomitable brother Rob Stew has given us all that could be desired, even from an angel. Therefore I rise to say amen to it all, and may the power that always shields the elect stand by and see this holy work speedily executed." A knock at the door interrupted the sister, and upon opening it Mr. Grumbler and Dr. Toy Pansy stood ready to walk in and take seats. The President said, "'Brother Pansy, we are delighted to see you with us upon such short notice.' "'At your service, brethren,' responded the doctor. "'What is your pleasure?' "'Dear doctor, we have a most important little job for you, which requires perfect secrecy and great shrewdness. Our worthy President has selected you as the most trustworthy and able physician of the Brotherhood to do what has been planned by us,' said Deacon Stew. Brethren, I am highly complimented, and I assure our most excellent President that I appreciate his confidence, which he has so liberally placed in the skill and trustworthiness of my humble self, and I assure him that, if it is in my power, I shall perform whatever task is assigned me, so help me God," responded Dr. T. Pansy. "'May the blessing of heaven continually abide with so faithful a disciple said the President, and continued, "'Deacon Stew will give you your instructions privately, and, should you refuse to comply, after listening to the requirements demanded of you, I shall be happy to learn your objections, and, whether you accept it or not, you are sworn to secrecy until death.' "'Certainly, Your Reverence,' said the doctor. "'Deacon Stew will now conduct the doctor into the anteroom and explain his work commanded the pious reverend and President Joe Peer. The deacon related to Dr. Pansy what the reader already knows, only he exaggerated everything, and got the doctor to swear particular allegiance to him in this work of deviltry. Fearing that he probably might need him to dose Miss Lucinda Armington for the purpose of bringing her to terms of connubial submission, should any part of his program fail. The doctor seemed to be highly pleased with all that the deacon proposed, and showed himself as one of the most ambitious disciples of the elect to purge the brotherhood of all innovators, because allopathic physicians are hand in glove with orthodox saints. The doctor was conducted by the deacon to General Armington's house, but was told that the latter must be in total ignorance of the plans in consideration. The general received him kindly and at once offered to conduct him to Victor Juno's residence and bedside, whilst Deacon Rob Stew was to summon Victor's family doctor to meet him forthwith. A consultation was soon held, when Dr. Toy Pansy solicited to be ordered by the family physician to remain that night with the sick man, as the latter must be worn out. For this great kindness the family doctor was truly grateful. However, he deemed his patient much better now being conscious of all that transpired, yet Victor was very feeble and dangerously ill. Dr. Toy Pansy returned to his own office and prepared a slow poison, which he took with him in the evening for the purpose of administering portions of it to Victor Juno during the night. End of chapter 5